is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined Smogville World Fair, it is World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton S.L.C. And I'm Sean Black. World Champion Podcast, we are two guys who signed a bad contract with the Smogville Fair to record podcasts for them in a Ferris wheel. We bring you news and stories from the fringes of society. And uh, this is episode 20. All right. We are 10% of the way there because they told us once we hit 200, we get a raise. That's right. And And an ice cream party. That's something to look forward to, for sure. It's at least there's one thing in my life to look forward to. Right. In hundreds of weeks from now. (laughs) Hundreds of... No, only... Oh, gosh. You're right. We're looking at like three more years. Mm. Three and a half more years. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see if we can mess with the calendar a bit. Yeah, hopefully we can fudge it. Maybe what we should start doing is breaking the episodes up into five-minute chunks. Oh, yeah. And then releasing them weekly. No, that still postpones it by three and a half years. Still, yeah, the, the distance time-wise from now till the ice cream party is still the same. Right. It's got to be a change in the schedule. Maybe one episode released every hour. One every hour, mm-hmm. two and a half minute chunks. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking regular hour-long episodes. Released, okay, the, if every... we're going to do that, I need a glass of water. Yep. And, uh, and someone in... needs to empty the bucket. That's right, or get us adult diapers. <laughs> yeah. Or children's diapers. I'm sure they they work just as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. We can make it work. We'll make it work, man. That's what we're known for. <laughs> Tie a bunch of them together. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy chain of diapers. <laughs> that was one of the na- original names for our show. Mm-hmm. And it, it barely, barely... Did the focus group really... They, they said, that brings up certain imagery that... I don't think we find appealing. Yeah. Which and I then did. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. It, 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 when they explained it to me, I thought, oh, wow, you, you're thinking of it that way, huh? <laughs> uh, um, we are mandated by the mayor to mention mm-hmm. that uh, the Smogville World Champion Horse Show is in its 43rd week, which means only 22 more weeks to go. So you uh, better get your tickets. Right. And we just had to, to deal with the fact they used World Champion Horse Show. Very irritated without, about that. Without asking us, without... I don't even know if those are the best horses. No, you've heard the town crier, though. It's, he goes around and he says, imagine a white horse, mm-hmm. the world championist show, the most world champion show. Right. It's, under, it's in a big white tent. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it on all the chalkboards around town. It's really odd because there's so much area in the Smogville Fair where you could set up a tent. Like, like Almost everything out here is, is basically in a field, but they chose to set it up just right in the parking lot of the of City Hall. Yeah. Which is maybe the only paved part of Smogville. 
Yeah, so now there's no parking. There's Not no that there's parking. really a lot of cars around anyway. Right. But, but for the out-of-town guests. Mm-hmm, they've been parking everywhere. They've been parking in, in rivers, and they've been parking on sidewalks. There's nowhere else to park because of this World Champion Horse Show. That, again, we are mandated by the mayor's office to mention. Only 17 more weeks. Only 17 more weeks. Get your tickets now. Mm-hmm. It's the most World Championing show. Right. So I want to talk about some things. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. I I, uh, I went to film school. Have I mentioned that? In private, you have. I definitely have mentioned that in private to various people. I don't know <laughs> if I mentioned that to you. I don't know if I mentioned that on the air. And when I say I went to film school, I mean I went to an accredited university and took film classes. Film school really makes it sound more exciting than it was. I majored in film, but I wasn't like going into some sort of temple of filmography. Temple of film. Is is the I guess there are just film schools then. I guess. I mean I would imagine USC Isn't that correct? has its own Mr. Building. Kubrick. <laughs> Mr. Kubrick. Ooh, if 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 we ever decide to refresh mm. our introductory song, I think oh, Mr. Kubrick yeah, guy needs to get in there too. Yeah, maybe uh, on episode 200. On right episode it? 200 we'll refresh our our opening. Yeah, write that down. I like that. Mr. Kubrick. We'll uh, post that on our social medias. Sure. And, uh, yeah, by the way, if you do want to learn more about Smogville or about the show, visit worldchampionpodcast.com. And, of course, social media, just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, just make sure you write podcast instead of horse show. Because World Champion Horse Show will go take you directly. It'll take you directly. And then once you set, you're legally bound to buy tickets. Right. And then and the cheap seats, yeah. Cheap, 80, 80 bucks, I think, right? 80 bucks for the cheap seats, and that's obstructed view. That means you're behind Fat Tony. Right, who's <laughs> always there. He loves it. He's tall, but he's also big. He's the Pagliacci of the Smogville Fair. Mm-hmm. So I went to film school, which uh, was in a... <laughs> I just love... I say film school, and I'm picturing, like, palm trees and, oh, and, and people, like, making that framing thing with their hands. And, and you in a convertible with a big, nasty redhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love L.A. No, it was, um, it was about one and a half classrooms in, on the second floor of the art building at the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're very familiar with that art building. I am. Uh, it's pretty much the dankest and most sinister building on all of campus where the bathroom has like one light bulb that's flickering. And no matter where you are, there's always the sound of dripping echoey water. It is. There's it's... no lights in the stairwells. It's, it's very Soviet-era prison I oh it say. is it's brutal from the outside yeah it's brutalism architecture mm-hmm. and then the inside is just it feels like a prison it really does um one of the classes i took uh you take your basic production you know editing filmography documentaries and then every semester they'd do a class uh in the auditorium where they would pick one or two filmmakers and you'd sh- sort of study their entire oeuvre oh cool um and those were really fun because you didn't have to go to them yeah. Because you just get the list of movies and then just rent the VHS tapes and watch them on I'm your own. I'm pretty sure I took that class, maybe. Can you take them not as a major? Yeah, you can take a lot of classes that you don't have to go to. I think technically I probably was a film minor in my, in my degree, <laughs> yeah. just from all the no. classes. Yeah, they would they'd give you the typical classes you show up. There's maybe a five-minute introduction, ten minutes on why this film is important or, or how it leads to anything. And then... Um, uh, Don't be distracted by my dog. <laughs> sorry, Tugboat just showed up. Tug- See, here's the thing. Originally, Tugboat was going to be the third world champion. Right. And he just took off. He comes and goes as he pleases. And well, sometimes he comes back and he has a churro. And we're like, Tugboat, you brought us churros. And then he just eats them. Yeah, he just swallows it without even chewing it. And then he runs back off. 
It, it's weird. I think because we put him on the logo of our show, it, it went right to his head. That he, was a he bad wasn't idea. the same dog after he we unrolled the giant banner that hangs from the Ferris wheel. Yeah, I, I think we should have put our own pictures on there. Mm-hmm. He is a cutie, though. Yeah, just don't tell him that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. You know, maybe a five-minute introduction, watch the movie, go home, which means you show up for the five minutes, and then you go get mm-hmm. uh, a, a gyro somewhere right, right. Or, or whatever. So I took a class on Howard Hawks and the Coen brothers. Howard Hawks... Uh, he he did a lot. Google him. Coen Brothers, of course, you know the Coen Brothers are. Mm-hmm. And then the professor called an audible on the first day and said, we're going to do Sam Fuller also. Just threw it in there. Just threw it in there. I'd never heard of Sam Fuller. I skipped almost every Sam Fuller day. Okay. <laughs> and I've, and uh, this was in 2003, and I just started feeling really guilty about it. <laughs> so I, I found out all the Sam Fuller classics are on Hulu Plus, and I'm going to watch them. Oh, that okay. Starting with Shock Corridor. Now, you can see why I wanted to watch that. It's a movie called Shock Corridor. Mm-hmm. That's a cool name for a movie. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to run you through this movie. And again, it's on Hulu Plus if anyone wants to follow along. It is a significant film. It, w- it is part of the National Film Registry. Okay. Which Now, um, what is that? Explain that to so, everyone. So I the, know, but... <laughs> the National Film Registry is uh, part of the Library of Congress where they select films each year that are culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant um, to, the, to the United States. And then they preserve them in the Library of Congress. Significant in what way, would you say? Culturally, Bes- besides historically. Those, besides, but I mean, okay, well, aesthetically. More, more specific. Is that something that's going to be like a snapshot of time of the United States? Like, it's not going to be Star Wars, right? No, absolutely, it's Star Wars. Oh, okay. Um, but it's that, too. It's, so it's yeah. not just, like, uh, Dances with Wolves and things that are sort of American, as in it happened in America. Dances with Wolves is on there. Right, but, it, but of so, course... Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's anything that is important to the art form of film. Okay. So Man Sneezing is on there. Okay, so they, they, they stopped doing it about 20 years ago, or what? No, the, just the, still doing the it? film has to be 10 years old, and they'll add a new batch of them every year. They get together and vote on it. Um, so, like, the most recent ones are Raging like, Bull, Do the Right Thing, uh, Goodfellas, Toy Story, and Fargo. Raging Bull? Wow. You don't think Raging, Raging Bull? Very but, I mean, that just, that just got in last year? Yeah. How many a year? Um, Did you say 10? Seems like a lot of movies. No, it has to be 10 years old, at least. Um, those those I'm movies sure you just listed off. Year. Those those are the most the newest films. So what year is Freddy Got Fingered going to qualify? Well, I think it qualifies now. But, okay, you know you still got to kind of pass it through the the, right. the rigors. It's like the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it's so it's exactly. It's not a first ballot. Mm, they're going to put an asterisk next yeah. to Tom Green's name. So it's anything that advanced the art form. Anything that maybe captures, um, America. I mean, they, they are all. Uh, American films, as far as I can tell. I mean, Day the Earth Stood Still, Days of Heaven, The Deer Hunter, Deliverance. Wait a minute. You Dirty s- Harry. You said Star Wars. Alec Guinness, he's in it? He's not an American. Well, the, just the movies are in it, not the cast. It's not that the entire cast gets preserved. Well, then, the then I don't, I don't <laughs> agree with that at all. Uh, you want to get American? Let's get American. Oh, The Matrix is in there? I mean, because, you know, The Matrix had ground those groundbreaking special effects, mm-hmm. so... Um, now, Library of Congress, do you understand what that is? I don't quite understand what it is. I'm picturing a library mm-hmm. that's in a nuclear bomb-proof bunker 
and I'm picturing a bunch of DVDs and a bunch of books and probably the Constitution. Okay. And I, George I, Washington's diary and the President's Book of Secrets. What about, like, who had the axe? Was that George Washington? Who cut down the cherry tree? That was G-Dubs, yeah. That was him also. What about, he had the wooden teeth as well. They're probably in there. Yeah, the wooden teeth are in there. Well, no, th- those are in the Smithsonian. Library oh. of Congress is just books and zines and DVDs. Zines. Revolutionary zines. Yeah. I was thinking maybe it was just the Library of Congress, just a library for congressmen. Oh, that only congressmen can use? Yeah, to get the library card, you have to be a congressman. That's probably it. Those yeah. fat cat bums. Throw the bums out, I say. How do they sleep at night? They're, they're, that's just, yeah, it's gone right to the, just like Tugboat, it's gone right to their head. Politicians are like diapers. They should be changed often for the same reasons. Right, daisy chain of diapers. Yeah, that's that's, that's that movie with Robin Williams. That's kind of what we were going for when we almost named the show that. Yeah, we're going we're, for we're that. Doing, we're doing that like classic pol- Robin Williams joke. Yeah, from that classic movie and a political like just punch to the gut of, yeah. of the establishment. I know. I went to the Library of Congress once, and they they had this big rotunda with a bunch of documents, and I think I saw a copy of the Declaration of Independence, and I saw Cary Grant's immigration papers. Hmm, that's okay. what I remember. That's interesting. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I want to get to the movies in the National Film Registry, but I do want to walk you through Shock Corridor because, again, it's on Hulu Plus. You should watch it. It is maybe one of the most unsettling, scary movies I've ever seen. If you just want to be unsettled. I'm not talking poltergeist, paranormal activity. I'm just talking disturbing, unsettling, dare I say, proto-Lynchian. Oh. Just in the... the, Just, ugh, kind of way. So what year was this? This is 1963. Uh, so Sam Fuller, uh, first of all, look up a picture of him. He looks like a madman. <laughs> uh, he fought in World, War t- in World War II in the 1st Infantry Division. Okay. And I don't think you have to be a military historian or a World War II buff to just guess that if it's called the 1st Infantry Division, mm-hmm. probably saw a lot of action. S- saw a little bit of action. Yeah, they were the first one. Okay. They were number one infantry. The first in. The first bunch of guys with guns. Okay. Um, so he fought in the first infantry division in tons of battles and later liberated the, um, let me make sure I get this right, Falcono concentration camp. So they were the first Americans in there to liberate this camp, and oh, he man. shot footage. Oh, man. Because he was the filmmaker. Oh, wow. Um, he later did make a movie called The Big Red One with uh, Mark Hamill. Pretty good movie. Big Red One right. is the big one on their first infantry badge. Okay. Um, so then he came back from the war and was like a reporter covering the, the dregs of society, your, your drug users, your prostitutes, your nice. loan sharks, your dice rollers. I think, I think this may have influenced him, this backstory. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what his movies are about is, you know, the, the rainy motels with sleazeballs. So Shot Corridor, we've got this reporter... Johnny Barrett. Wait, was that the reporter or the actor? It does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Johnny Barrett. Picture like Roger Moore. Okay. If Roger Moore was a complete sleazeball. Well, he, James Bond is kind of a sleazeball. Gosh, you're right. <laughs> so I got it pictured perfectly. Yeah. So right, is he, he's not the age of Roger Moore when he was James Bond, right? You're talking, this is a young man. Yeah, this is a young man. Roger Moore was like 70 years old when he, when he was James he Bond. He was. I think he was 68 years old in his last Bond film, <laughs> yeah. and it's ridiculous. Um, that, that's a bad movie. Is that a view to a kill? View to a kill. Yeah. It's got a good Duran Duran song it in does it. it. That's the best part. And then Christopher Walken and Grace Jones. Believe it or not, Christopher Walken, he's a bit hammy. Really? In that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. 
So Johnny Barrett, we start out and he's in this spooky study. And the whole movie is filmed with these just sharp, sharp shadows and angles. Always a weird angle. Okay. Extreme close-ups of sweaty people. I feel like I can almost picture it. Yeah. And it might as when I say black and white, it's almost literally like black and white. Like there's no gray. Like high it, contrast. It's so high contrast. So Johnny Barrett's a reporter, and he's just got to get that Pulitzer. Mm. I want that Pulitzer. That's how reporters are. So he's with his friends who are training him how to act like a crazy person. There is a murder in an insane asylum. Okay. So his plan to win a Pulitzer, he's going to get committed to the asylum, solve the murderer, and then write a story on it. Wow. Yeah. Now, I, th- I don't know. I didn't I – mean, I guess probably these days the – Pulitzer would be getting committed to an asylum and exposing the horrible treatment of the right, right. Not just who killed this guy. Yeah. It was it was the butler. <laughs> um, his girlfriend, uh, she's played by Constance Towers. She's a stripper. She's sick of having uh, hot lights on her navel. Yeah. And this is 1963. I'm sure she didn't really mean navel if we didn't have the uh, censorship back mm-hmm. then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She well, means belly button. Exactly. <laughs> Constance Towers looks exactly like... Uh, the singer for the band Metric, and when I decided to watch this movie, I coincidentally was wearing my Metric T-shirt. So a blonde with, with a bob. What, what does she look like? Like no, like it's like kind of a blonde, but kind of one who's kind of been to the edge and back. Okay, it's very rude. I'm just trying to be descriptive. I'm not okay. being judgmental. Right. I'm just saying, you know, looks like kind of looks stony. Okay. Tough, strong. Oh, okay. Uh, Constance Towers. If anyone watched Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, she played the old version of the love interest. In the present day. So, there you go. Anyway, Constance Towers is his stripper girlfriend, but she goes to the cops and pretends to be his sister and complains that this Johnny Barrett fella, her brother, is in love with her and keeps trying to put the moves on her. Now, is that a, a, an act of someone that's insane, though? Yes. It, they have a specific word for it. Like, Really? <laughs> oh, gosh. Did I write it down? Because then he gets diagnosed, and they're like, oh, no, he has uh, uh, psychosexual fixation. On his own sister. How easy is it to get someone committed, you think? Well, you go to the police, and there's a man in a big desk in the right. front. Of course. Like the receptionist. Mm-hmm. And you say, my brother wants to have sex with me. And he goes, okay, hang on. Let me call Dr. Crazy. And that's it. And that's it, yeah. That's easy. Yeah, it's that easy. So he gets thrown in there, and he's having this weird dream, this stripper ghost dream. It's the first thing you see if you Google Shock Corridor. Where he's asleep and she's there doing her little strip dance, but she's like eight inches tall and a ghost. Was it his sister? Because it's like no, it's his girlfriend pretending to be his sister. Oh, that's right. Sorry, but it's this really like it's this really grotesque, weird scene. Is, has he been drugged? By do they immediately give him a, an injection? No, this, this when is he comes like in? the night before. The night before. Yeah, so it's just showing his state of mind. He probably would have some crazy dreams. Yeah, that that sounds stressful. And there's being there's a lot of uh, voiceover too. Of all right, right I'm gonna get committed. Yeah, <laughs> it's the bit dialogue's better than that. See, he's excited though that it worked. I guess. Oh, totally excited that it worked. And then there's a scene of her in the club dancing, and that's why I say it's Lynchian too, because it's just kind of grotesque and mm. weird, uh, weird and uneasy. Um, so he gets in there, and they give him his orientation, as you do in the. And we're just going to call it insane asylum because that's right. what it's called at the time. And they point out, you know, we don't use words like nuts, bugs, screwy, goofy, or loony. Oh, so progressive. Right. They're there to improve your mental hygiene. Um, watch out for the Nympho Ward. There's some good foreshadowing on that when someone <laughs> warns him about the Nympho Ward. So he meets, uh, he meets his roommates, and one of them is named Pagliacci, who is enormous. Okay. We're talking probably a 500-pound man. Okay. And um, 
And then the other guy looks like Robert Duvall from Apocalypse Now. He's got a Confederate States of America hat. He's looking at a map of Gettysburg in the lunchroom. Oh, wow. They bring around their lunch, and there's no knives or forks. You have to eat with a giant wooden spoon, <laughs> like a giant one. And Pagliacci's just, you know, close-ups of Pagliacci eating, just... And then, and then there's this weird, skinny, twitchy guy who no, looks like a skeleton. Was this released in movie theaters? Yeah. <laughs> And just everything about it, just watching it, um, like watch it with your windows open and the lights on mm-hmm. and someone you love nearby because you're going to just be so skeeved out by this, which That's, is why I kind of love it. Yeah. Sounds good so far. Yeah. Um, they pill, you know, oh, it's time for your pills. And everyone's just, mm. oh, boy, are my pills and mm-hmm. knocking those back. Um, so there is a part where Johnny Barrett's just walking around and checking stuff out. He's doing investigative journalism. Right. That's how, you, That's how you get a Pulitzer. Opens a door and he accidentally walks into the nympho room. So the nymphos. <laughs> oh, it's a nympho room. Yeah, the nymphos. There's like ten women in a room mm-hmm. in like hospital gowns. Okay, just kind of walking around in circles. There's no chairs and, and talking to themselves. They're singing. So, oh, they're singing. Um, like oh, what are they singing? My Bonnie lives over the ocean. All of them are singing. Just that? one of them singing it, but she's oh. singing this entire scene. Okay, in this haunting voice. And then the walls. The nymphos have drawn like. <laughs> Well, it, it's as though they saw a He-Man action figure and oh, drew yeah. it. So there's all these crude drawings of muscle men with Speedos <laughs> on the wall. So wow. he walks in, and they're all circling him slowly and, like, touching him and rubbing him. And they're like, wow. oh, while one of them is singing this song. They leave this door unlocked, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. And then they, they attack him, and it's just like The Walking Dead. So all of them descend upon him. He's on the ground. So you just see all these ladies, and I don't know what, they're just like eating him like a zombie would in a zombie movie. And he's shrieking. Well, they're like, they're biting him? I I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what nymphos do. Yeah, I don't either. No, and I was going to ask you what that word meant, but I don't want to go there. Let's continue. And he's just shrieking, just ah, utter horror. Right. It's also a movie to like have have your thumb on the volume control if you live in an apartment (laughs) because of the shrieking. Someone walks in to save him from the nymphos, thank oh, God. And, he's, yeah. and then he's um Sounds too close. He's to like it. got a black eye, he's got a big bandage on his face. Oh, they were they were attacking so They might have just been attacking him. So then he's talking to the so he's got three witnesses that he visits. And it, you know, it's sort of like a ghost of Christmas past kind of thing. Oh, nice. Because he visits these three witnesses. And who then are there's all, flashbacks. Well, they're all extremely obvious um metaphors for the anxieties of the day. Okay. Which is fascinating. So the first guy the uh, the guy who thinks he's a Confederate general, mm-hmm. and you get his attention by whistling Dixie, and then he he's like, "Oh, you're one of you're one of us." Okay, <laughs> look, we got to charge. So he kind of snaps out of it, and then they cut to um, flashbacks to his backstory, and it's in color, and it's like that creepy like eight millimeter home movie stuff. So he fought in Korea in the Korean War. Okay, and then we're showing scenes of the Korean War in color. Wow, that's and, interesting. The flashbacks are in color. Yeah. And he got kidnapped and brainwashed into supporting communism. Okay. Then he got a roommate in this POW camp, and his job was to brainwash him into being a communist. But instead, it didn't work, and he became a patriot again. Because apparently it was Steve <laughs> Rogers that was his roommate. It's just too powerful, yeah. that yeah. good old, that, that red, good old white American red, white, and blue, man. So he got released, but was branded a traitor and a communist, even though he's a POW and a war hero. So when oh. he came back to the States, everyone thought he was a communist. He was vilified, and then he retreated into this Confederate persona. That's interesting that yeah. he went Confederate after all that. Yeah. 
Um, the next scene is the famous scene. It's iconic. It's one of the most iconic scenes in cinema history where you see the hallway and you see a cardboard sign coming at you. A guy's holding a cardboard sign up over his face. Okay. It says, integration and democracy don't mix. Go home. N-word. Whoa. And it's walking towards the camera, and then the sign lowers, and it's a black guy. <laughs> and he, the orderlies are mad at him for stealing the pillowcases. Because he's, he's making, like, he's making Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan, Klan hoods. hoods. Yeah. So he's explaining to Johnny the Klan and... So it's, this is David Chappelle. Yeah, it's, blind, <laughs> it's David Chappelle when he was the blind guy. But it's so scary. And then he makes this big rousing speech. America for Americans! And they see another black guy and, like, he sicks everyone on them. And then he puts his Klan hood on and they're chasing after him. So what, so what are these delusions? The first one, they're both, they're, they're both kind of a similar delusion, So this guy's right? backstory, he was the first student the first African-American student to go to a white college. Okay. So the integration experiment started with him. So then he was brainwashed into being racist? It was and just so much... back and forth? Just no, like... it, was so, it was so much pressure because Johnny Barrett knew who he was. And, mm-hmm. he, and he, said the whole, he said the whole country was going to class with you because mm-hmm. he was so famous for being the first one to break that barrier. He's like Jackie Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the pressure was so much that it cracked him. Okay. Because he got run out, you know, he couldn't keep up the studies. He was constantly getting hassled. It's interesting and the way he cracked. cracked too. They're all going crazy in weird yeah. ways. Yeah. And then the third witness was a America's top nuclear scientist. Oh, good. Now, he currently um, has regressed to being six years old. So he's just uh, he just like likes to draw and color and talks like a little kid. But then he starts shouting things like Dr. Bowden. Great work, Dr. Bowden. Report to the Newfoundland base. So he, he, he invented like a new inter-ballistic missile or, or whatever. That killed a bunch of people? Yeah. Well, no, I guess it could, it could have. Not, I mean, it could have, yeah, could have blowed it, the world up. I guess it couldn't. I guess it didn't because it wasn't. A, yeah, there wasn't a third <laughs> nuclear launch. Yeah, not, well. <laughs> that we know that of. That we know of. Yeah. Um, Those fat cats probably know about it. So he's getting closer to solving the mystery. Uh, of course, his girlfriend shows up. To be like, look, we got to get you out of here. Forget this story. Um, this is too dangerous. How long like, has he been in there? That's, that sounds. She's going in in day one, or is no, this... no. He's been in there a while. Oh, has he's he? like living. He's going through therapy. <laughs> one of the things they do is hydrotherapy. <laughs> that sounds they, nice. Well, yeah, they put you in a tub, <laughs> but you're tied down inside a tub. So there's like this flat sheet over the tub with just your head poking out. Okay. So there's a scene with the whole room of just all these guys' heads sticking up over the tub, and that's their hydrotherapy. Is just being in a tub? You'd be in a tub. It doesn't have jets in it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably but, not. Huh? You know, this is the state of uh, mental health treatment in 1963. Sitting in a bathtub with a Lock blanket? Lock them in a tub. Put them yeah. in a tub. Trap them in a tub. Um, <laughs> there, uh, one of the doctors interviews her to kind of get a better idea of his uh, psychosexual fixation. Right, and be like, helpful. And it's, it's a real pervy scene because he's like, did he, t- did he ever touch your hair? Did he try to... So it's, it almost Is seems it, like the doctor's the doctor, even getting yeah, off on it. okay. And then uh, now the doctor's starting to think she also loves him back. So the doctor's sort of suspicious oh, of her. She maybe. backs out. So she's telling him, you got to get out of here. And she kisses him and he's like, ooh, gross. Why did you do that? Don't you ever do that? You're my sister. So he's now convinced that she it's, is his sister. It's just rubbing off on him being in the mental institution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it rubs off on you. Like it's almost like picking up an accent when, yeah. you, when you live somewhere too long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You start just going insane too. Yeah, because then they give him, they give him a gimmick shock treatment. 
They they're they're giving him shock treatment. Yeah, so he gets a shock treatment. Well, that which might I think, actually do it. Yeah, I think she signed off on it too for some reason. She signed <laughs> off on the shock treatment. Um, and then he's he's in the hallway and he's hallucinating that it's raining and he's just the camera work is so creepy. He eventually decides it's the hydrotherapy guy that was the murderer. <laughs> so he chases after him and there's this big fist fight in the tub. <laughs> Like they're both standing in one of the tubs and fist fighting. Really? Yeah. And then eventually he's got him on the ground and he's just going, who killed him? Who killed him? Who killed him? And then the orderly goes, I killed him. And just makes this amazing sound. Is that a a death rattle? What is that noise? Just, just, just just the anguish. Not even anguish. Just, just the evil maybe coming out of him. Yeah. So then, I mean, here's, I guess I've just spoiled the whole thing. Obviously you should have, you should have known this was happening, but, uh, then we cut his his uh, his boss at the paper. Mm-hmm. Great story, Johnny Barrett really nailed it. Uh, this will get us a Pulitzer for sure. Well, where mm-hmm. is Johnny? Oh, he needs he needs a little bit more time. So then this long tracking shot down the hallway, and we see our Confederate soldier. Mm-hmm. We see the Klansman. We see the nuclear scientist child. We see the creepy skinny guy who's kind of wandering around like a demon spider. We see Pagliacci eating, and then we see Johnny Barrett, and he's like frozen, like like in Awakenings. Oh. And his girlfriend comes in to hug him and has to like put his his arms around her. So so the moral of this story is that insanity is contagious. Insanity is contagious and mental health treatment is is uh ineffective. Yeah. Nineteen sixty three. Yeah. Shock treatment is really that's not. Do they still do shock thing. treatment? I think they do, right? I bet they do. I bet someone does. I was reading about the history of lobotomies and I was shocked how how much they were just winging it. You know, sometimes we'll come down and record a podcast and we don't have a subject and we'll just start talking. That's sort of how lobotomies are. It was just like, stick that up there, wiggle it around. Wiggle it around. Stick a spike in there, wiggle it around. Yeah, stick a spike through your eyeball and then just kind of wiggle it around. Yeah. And that may sound like a joke, but it's literally what they do. I don't know about it. Do they still do lobotomies now? I don't know a lot. I better go undercover and find all this out. Yeah, well, you figure out shock treatment and lobotomies. Yeah, you've got to p- pretend to be somebody, go to the police, get me in there, make uh, them give yeah. me a lobotomy. Yeah. Well, what, do I, what do I say you're doing? Washing your hands too much? You're a hoarder? Probably uh, a hoarder would be the most. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't even think you're mentally ill anymore if you're a hoarder or wash your hands too much. It's all, they have TV shows about those people. They're not sending them to, they're making a ton of money, those hoarders. Oh, that's true. They're hoarding all the money. They're not sending them to the mental institution. So it's got to be something really depraved. Like, uh, like I'm not, I haven't watched The Bachelor before, which is true. So, oh, yeah. so that's going to be like, whoa. Oh, you know what's super oh, creepy? Oh, do you know what? I haven't been keeping up with the Kardashians. I don't know anything about the Kardashians. You know what else is really creepy that came up on the show a few weeks ago? Uh-huh. You don't eat meat foods. I don't, that one will get me for sure. Yeah. yeah I don't eat, you I don't, don't eat, eat vegetable foods. Just go in there, tell them I'm a vegetarian and I'm in there. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. And Wait then, a minute, but I actually am a vegetarian. So that means I'm insane. Yeah. Oh my so god. So maybe you should maybe a good maybe, uh, a rest maybe some hydrotherapy is, would do you some good. Yeah, maybe a rest is what I need. Oh see, so yeah, that's I just, I just gaslighted you. Classic gaslighting. Wow, I'm kind of concerned. Yeah, you really do. You are seeming a bit sweaty. I'm th- I feel a little sweaty and clammy. Yeah, there's not a lot of color to you. That's a classic symptom the of insanity. Shadows seem very hard on you right now. Yeah, I'm very pale. Okay. So this was selected to the National Film Registry. I want to tell you some other things that are in the National <laughs> Film Registry. Why? Why was this selected? 
I mean, imagine 1963, how tame everything is. It sounds like a propaganda film. Yeah, it was gritty, hard-boiled. I guess, of society. And plus, you know, there was... So it w- that so stripper, you saw a lot of her buttock and cleavage uh, okay. for 1963. So, and I, yeah, and I guess and then some, dealing with race issues. There was some in, intense stuff. Yeah, because what's the uh, the other movie playing at the time was it was probably uh, the Music Man or the hard, My Fair Lady, Hard Day's Night or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, her, yeah. So you know, really went for it. The oh, 60, that might have been the Sound of Music '63, or was that later? Uh, no, I bet it was around then. Let's Sound of Music. Sound of Music's actually kind of heavy though. It's got some heavy stuff in it, too. That's probably in the registry. Oh, for, of course. Got to be. Well, let's see. I wonder if it's... Well, I mean, it's an American-made film. Is it not? It's, Six, got, it's got to be. I will be blown away if, if Shock Corridor made it in there and, and Sound of Music was, yeah. was... There's about 700 films, so pretty much if wow. you name it, it's in there. So um, that was 65. So that's actually not that impressive of a, of a list. It, pretty much, if it came out, it's in there. Yeah, Sound of Music is in there. Stagecoach, Stand and Deliver, starring Edward James almost as a math teacher. <laughs> but again, that was a portrait of inner city L.A. classroom life. I know. So, We're course. Team Edward. We like it. Yeah, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, Steamboat Willie, The Sting. Return of the Jedi is not in there, huh? Story of Menstruation. That's kind of messed up that they wouldn't put Return of the Jedi in there. Oh, I'm just going in alphabetical order. Let's see. Is Return of the Jedi... Because if you think about it... Return of the Jedi is not in there. Well, that's bullshit. Because if, if you're going into the registry, let's say it's 100 years from now... And you're not from the U.S. and you want to know about U.S. culture, and you're like, okay, well, I got to watch Star Wars, and then like, oh, that was pretty good. Let's watch Empire Strikes Back. I can't wait to find out what happens to Han. That's it. What's yeah. the third movie? If you're not, no one will ever know. Because you got to keep in mind that we've got only about ten more years of the internet before it's just Mad Max land. That's true. And and since the only people that have access to books are the congressmen, because they have the Library of Congress. No one else will, will have any idea of history of any kind. Unforgiven, Vertigo, War of the Worlds, What's Opera, Doc? Which War of the Worlds? The Tom Cruise one? The uh, 53. Um, another that's... West Side Story. What's Opera, Doc, though? So the thing is, anything that's a motion picture is in here. So, they, so a Bugs Bunny cartoon a Bugs is, Bunny is cartoon. considered that? Yeah. No, potentially, in a few years, a, an animated GIF. Oh, or, yeah. Or a, a vine. Maybe a vine could be in there. A vine, yeah. So hopefully sunglasses. Deal maybe with sunglasses it? going on a picture of Abe Lincoln and saying, deal with it, could yeah. be in there. So that's what I wanted to delve into also is some of the other really bizarre things that are in there that are so interesting. Okay. So The Story of Menstruation, 1946 animated film. Anim- well, so this was for school. It was a Disney film, yeah. Oh, a Disney movie. Yeah. But it was made... T- as an educational film? Yeah, 1946, to teach health kids about just menstruation. Like, just like what if there was a nuclear bomb, you get under your desk, like we all know will save you from an atomic blast. Yeah. Or like, uh, what's another one? Um, I don't know. I had one other in my head that, was a, that I know was a helpful health, health video. Thing. Oh, f- how to spot the communist in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. That, like stuff like that. Your neighbors like, and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised this isn't... Um, contested to this day. I bet it's just because no one remembers it. But I bet if someone read this article and found out that the story of menstruation is in the Library of Congress, there's going to be hell to pay. Mm-hmm. It was the first uh, movie to use the word vagina. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Those... Can, you Im- okay, can you imagine you're, you're sitting there with your swell... Oh, like where was this? Where was this shown in schools? In schools. And so, it, was, it was sponsored by Kotex. So you're a swell little boy. You've got your Red Rider BB gun. 
you've got you know your your switchblade comb that you comb your hair with, <laughs> and like you yeah. know whatever else little fifties kids had, like a handkerchief, and then you're sitting in the classroom, and suddenly they say the word vagina. It must have been like a shockwave. I'll bet every desk tipped over. And the, and those boys grew up to be delinquents. Obviously. Right, they were they went outside immediately and started stabbing trees. With <laughs> I was going to say they stabbing trees, stabbing trees with knives, and then breaking the necks off beer bottles and just drinking the glass, and then uh, throwing giant rocks on their friends' heads. Yeah, throwing rocks, and that that's all you can't. There's certain things you can't hear, you know. No, yeah. Um, the Zapruder film is in there. What the Zapruder film? What is that? You don't, you don't know what the Zapruder film is. Zapruder. Zapruder film is the footage of Kennedy getting shot. Oh, I didn't know it had a name. Yeah, it's got a name. Because it was shot by a guy named Zapruder. Zapruder. Home video enthusiast. Well, whoever rents that film is not going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's not a very good movie. It's short and, and really kind really of a downer. harsh. Really, yeah. yeah, it's harsh. It's a bummer. I don't even like to see it now. Even when I watch History Channel documentaries and stuff, I'm just like, oh, oh. let's skip over this part. I prefer the Seinfeld version. <laughs> That's in there? No. It's it better there. be. Actually, I don't know that They're, any... I don't know that there's any television programs in there. Seinfeld, if Seinfeld's not in there and the story of menstruation is, I'm, I'm going to protest. Well, I don't know. Did Seinfeld ever say vagina? If you could put one side, it said, Dolores! <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. what, if you could put one episode of Seinfeld in there, what would it be? It would have to be the masturbation one, right? You think? Isn't that the most famous one? What's your personal favorite offhand? I know there's tons. Oh, boy. The Keith Hernandez one is really good. My favorite is the puffy shirt and George being the hand model, probably. Is that the same episode? Yeah. That's just off the top of my head. That's a pretty good one. I saw saw that one pretty recently. Yeah. I'd put that one in there. Okay. The Augustas, shot from 1930s to 1950. Uh, Scott Nixon was an avid member of the Amateur Cinema League. He was a traveling salesman based in Augusta, Georgia. So he would take his camera with him, and throughout his travels, if he found another town called Augusta, he would just get some footage of it. Wow, that's really, speaking of mentally ill. Yeah, that's, it was made from 26,000 feet of film. What? That he just shot over 20 years, arranged, edited together with no How many no towns are called reason. Augusta? 38? 38. He found 38 Augustas. That's a lot of footage then. So this yeah. is sort of, this is interesting, because this is literally just... A uh, piece of time. You're exactly. seeing the city. You're seeing the cars. You're seeing yeah. the. That's that 30s was, through the 50s. Black that and would white be and color. so cool to see. Actually, yeah. no, exactly. And um, so that was selected for preservation. I wonder if it's it's got to be out there online somewhere. I mean, it can't be. How long did you say it was though? Copyrighted. It's 16 minutes long. Oh, that's it. Yeah, from 26,000. We should feet try to track home. that down. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then just cut together, no, with no purpose. But just seeing what Main Street looked like in 1938 in Augusta, Montana. Yep. Um, so on that note, Disneyland Dream, 1956, is just a home movie of a family on vacation to Disneyland. Oh, cool. It's right after Disneyland opened. Um, they, oh, the one-week trip was a prize that they won in a contest sponsored by Scotch Tape. Why? So, That's weird. So they entered a contest for Scotch Tape, won a trip to Disneyland. And then they had a 16-millimeter camera, made a 30-minute film. And uh, they say it just so perfectly captures um, Southern California in the 50s. So wait a minute. So how, how does... 
I, I get how the Library of Congress figures out that Star Wars came out, but how do they know that a movie like this was made? Yeah, that's a good point. It doesn't tell me a guy, how a, this got a, notoriety. A traveling salesman filming a bunch of towns isn't exactly gonna, you know, gonna be on Obama's desk tomorrow. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd, I'd be interested to see how a home movie about Disneyland from a family got in to this registry. Yeah, how did it how did it come to their attention? I can understand why because it Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh Steve Martin's even in it cuz he was working at Disneyland. No at the time, way. And he's just seen walking walking around. But you wouldn't recognize him cuz he had black hair, right? Exactly, yeah. Cuz he was he was he was still only like 12 years old. He went gray at 13, I think. I think so. That's yeah. why it's an unlucky number. That's a little fun fact. Yeah, 13's unlucky because of mm-hmm. Steve Martin. That's why they stopped building it in hotels. There's no 13th floor because your hair will probably turn white. Went from jet black into bright white. <laughs> Is that what that song's about? That's one of them. Young, young Steve Martin? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Once there was a boy who I never realized worked at Disneyland and then later he got famous. But when he still worked there, his, <laughs> his hair, hair had gone from black into bright white. They, they couldn't, couldn't quite explain it. it. They said he was the jerk. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... uh, Last one. A computer animated hand. What? (laughs) What? It's a computer animated hand. So this is going to look awful, right? This is from 1978 or something? 1972. (laughs) It took a full year. University. It was the graduate project of two students at the University of Utah. Oh, cool. Yeah. They drew... Triangles and polygons on a hand model. And uh, the film consists of three sequences. You've got the hand um, without any lines, a halftone sequence, and then finally a completed shaded animation that shows the hand just doing hand stuff. They should throw in the making of Tron. I saw that when I was a little kid, <laughs> and it blew my mind. This, yeah, this is the proto-making of Tron. Yeah, this film was hugely influential on the making of Tron feature. I'll bet it was, yeah. man. That movie. I remember the the scene with those motorcycles that could turn at ninety degree angles. It took something like a year for it to render, or whatever the word yeah. is, the computer word. So this guy, and now of, it would take less than a second. So one of the guys that made this, uh, named Catmull, Edwin Catmull, founded a company called the Computer Graphics Lab. Later, a guy named George Lucas contacted him and said, what if there were computer graphics in the entertainment field? So then Lucas bought it. That'll never catch on. Lucas bought it, and it was then called the Graphics Group. That was later purchased by Steve Jobs, who renamed it Pixar. Okay. So a computer animated hand, 1972, at the University of Utah, led directly to Pixar. And and Jar Jar. Pixar and Jar Jar. Jar Jar, yeah. What yeah. would cinema history be without that? Yeah. Computer achievement. Yeah. Wow. There there doesn't seem... 700. It just seems like they're letting anybody in. 
I wish you wouldn't have told me that. It seems less impressive to me. Name some more movies. We'll see if they're in there. Making of Tron. No, not Making of Tron. Um, um, okay, let me, let me. I'll I'll try to do some that I think will. There's going to be Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is in there. Uh, is is Oliver Stone's JFK in there, or just the actual movie of JFK? Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is not in there. Oh, lame. It's it's an Italian film. Oh yeah, I so guess I was... wonder if that so that must be why. Yeah. Oh yeah, duh. Okay. How the West Was Won is in there. Um, good, well, the Bad, and the Ugly. Maybe the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is just not as good a movie as we remember. It is a better movie than you remember. There wouldn't be a Quentin Tarantino if there wasn't for a movie like that. I think that's what it, I think it's because the studio. Okay, so 2001 was made by an American studio. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly wasn't. Okay, pulp. Uh, but that's just, this is all just speculation. I don't see anything that specifically says this yet. But Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction's in there. Uh, it's gotta be. I wonder. It might be too new. Yes, Pulp Fiction is in there. Pulp Fiction. Ten years ago, the newest one would be 2006. So that means. Oh yeah. That it might. Tim Allen's Shaggy Dog is probably finally qualifying. Yeah, because like it's not in there so far. But a lot of movies. Uh, the original Shaggy Dog is. No, it's not. I'm kidding. Hmm, that's uh, a shame. Alien. <laughs> Shane. Shane is in it. Alien. Alien, cool. Shane, The Searchers, of course. Uh, so this this uh, this has uh, Birth of a Nation and stuff. It goes. How far back does it go? The Sex Life of the Polyp is in there. That's a short film from 1928. It is documents a dim-witted doctor attempting to discuss the sex life of a polyp to a women's club. It is a short comedy film. <laughs> Okay. Based on a vaudeville routine. Oh, nice! So I'm I know I know that man sneezing is in it, and that's like from the 1800s, and that's just like three seconds of a man sneezing. So the so the train coming at the audience, where everyone leapt out of their seats and and soiled their pants and stuff, is in there. I'll bet you. So the uh, the great dictator's in there. Uh, the oldest one is Newark Athlete from 1891, and it's a guy jump roping. It's 10 seconds. Oh no, he's not even jump roping. He's just whipping some. Things are, you know, old timey. Mm -hmm. Actually, I've seen a guy down in the corner doing this here in Smogville. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, great dictator, sure. Uh, oh, whoops. Oh, damn. Do you think there's stuff like uh, nuclear bomb tests or the footage of us? Didn't we? We filmed dropping the bomb on Hiroshima, right? Yeah. So I went through the, I scanned through the list and I tried to, because on Wikipedia it lists the film type. So anything that was like short subject documentary or mm -hmm. experimental documentary, I, I looked at a little closer. Because there's got to be footage of, of of reporters that were in Vietnam, or D-Day footage, or D-Day, yeah, D-Day footage. That stuff's got to be in there. Yeah, I mean, if the whole point is preserving this, then mm -hmm. we have to have that preserved. To me, that seems more important than having Toy Story in there. But I don't know. Again, I don't know how they even found out about these home videos. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes, City Lights. Maybe jacket. I should send my home videos in. Frankenstein. Freaks. Freaks is in there. Oh, uh, good old Freaks. Let's see what we've got from around 1944. It's There's so, a bunch it, of narrative features. It's so strange to me they wouldn't have have TV shows. Yeah, I'll well, have to... I'm really curious to look into that and see... I would also say that vid uh, music videos would be just a big of bite of of pop culture. If you put Cindy Lauper video in there. Oh, thrillers in there. Th okay. Thriller. Thriller is in there. That is, um, a, that is a, a 
you know, a time that I remember distinctly. So the Battle of San Pietro is in there, which is a World War II uh, documentary that John Huston directed. Okay. Interesting. And they actually were filming. They were the cameramen were running alongside the infantrymen. Wow. As they stormed the beaches. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, I totally fell down a rabbit hole, and I thought it was worth talking about because it's uh, okay. an animated hand. Who would have thought? All right, all right. Well, let's go straight from film to to music, and so we can blow our speakers. So this week on. Below Your Speakers, which is my attempt to become a heavy metal snob one heavy metal album at a time. What? Why are you shaking your head? So I just, I miffed that. I said heavy metal twice. Is that why? No, I'm just shaking my head at the concept of heavy metal. I know. That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> no, you got me earlier. Before we were recording, you got me earlier. I got you. When you said you were about to talk about what you thought was a doom metal album. Oh, yeah. It turns out. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Let's go right into that. So this week I'm talking about Candlemass. Candlemass is an influential Swedish doom metal band that was established in Stockholm in 1984. Now, looking up doom metal, I thought, okay, well, let's... I want to describe doom metal so people know. In that research, I found out that Candlemass isn't doom metal. It's epic doom metal. Yeah. (laughs) So I... I I don't know why. That's just funny to me, and... Earlier we were chatting and you were talking about um, a certain band, mm-hmm. and you said they're the best romance metal band around. Right, and it got me thinking that as far as I'm concerned, there's only five musical genres. Okay, there's rock slash pop. Okay, country. So rock slash pop, you could put Madonna next to to Metallica, then. Yeah. Okay. Madonna would come first alphabetically. Right. Rock slash pop, country, classical. I'm sorry. There's six genres. Rock slash pop, country, classical, jazz, world music, and show tunes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that seems to to maybe someone who's not into music. I'm, but going, no, I'm just kidding. In metal, I'm I, totally kidding. I'm just going by the Sam Goody classification, I, <laughs> where world music, which includes all, which is ninety percent just Bob Marley, is yeah. basically two aisles two at, aisles. The, at the Sam Goody at the mall. World music. There's probably two aisles in the metal store just for epic doom metal. Yeah, exactly. So I will describe epic doom metal. So Candlemass, who plays epic doom metal, it features slower riffs and vocals delivered in a baritone operatic style. Oh, so it's world music. It is world music. Or is it classical? It's both. Yeah. So it's it's basically opera-style vocals with slow, heavy guitar riffs. And that sounds like it doesn't work, but... Man, does it ever. <laughs> <laughs> where, are the, where are these guys from? They're from Sweden. Okay. So they, they formed in, in 1986. No, the album was released in 1986. So the album I listened to was their debut album, Epicus Doomicus Metallicus, which we all know is Latin for epic doom metal. Wait, what was it? Epicus Doomicus Metallicus. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so it's the Coyotes' favorite music. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it's actually uh, Latin, but it keeps in line with it being world music. It's Latin esque. Yeah, it's non. It's non standard Latin. So Epicus Doomicus Metallicus. It has only six songs. Each song is between six and ten minutes long. So they're long songs, 
And it really does just, it, at first, it's almost frustrating how slow it is. Because you're like, come on, let's get on with the song. But upon listening and listening and listening, you start to really treasure those moments of every, every guitar strum and every, every you know, bass drum. It's, it's, it's really slow. By slow, do you mean there's like quiet moments or just that are the, the notes t- are drawn out? The tempo or? is slow. Okay. So it'll be like, dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's cool. I'm guessing six-string basses, tuned-down guitars. I don't know if there's a lot of basses. It doesn't seem like you'd need that many strings to do this, actually. It seems like you could do it on probably two strings on a bass and mm. three on a guitar, maybe. Just oh. enough for some power chords. It's hard to say. But there's oh, a lot of... Sense. There are some good guitar solos that are really fast over the slow music. It was sort of suggested to me by a f- the friend I talked to through the can once in a while when you just thought I was talking into the can of beans. Yeah, you're the guy that you're going to replace me with as soon as I well, call in sick one day. replace yeah. is such a strong word. Uh, he was saying I should listen to the live album. And then, coincidentally, this week is the 30th anniversary of the release of Epicus Dumicus Metallicus. And so I thought, oh, this is perfect. This is the fates telling me that, that I must review this. It's it's. I almost feel bad that I gave my a masterpiece of puppets award just last week because this album is so good. It's so good. There's six songs and every song is awesome. Uh, specifically, Demon's Gate, which is the second song. It's about ten minutes long, and it's just cool. It's just it goes from one. It almost feels like you're changing songs or something because it's going so slow that when it goes to a different part of the song where it plays something else for a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, it almost feels like a new song, and then it goes to a different part, and then it'll go back to the original verse at the beginning, but it's been five minutes. So you're okay. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember this song, even though you're still listening to the same song. The vocalists on the first album, they did not have a singer, so when they got a record contract, the bassist, he he recorded the the vocals. And so when they actually got their... their, their uh, their record contract, they went in and had this guy. Where is this? This is so awesome. So they didn't. So this guy named Johan Lenquist, he he performed the vocals despite not hearing any of the music the band had performed beforehand. So he went into the studio not having heard their music to record the vocals. Was he hearing it like while he was recording it, or was uh, he just in a quiet room? He must have. He must have. Of at least had them play a couple songs for him because because if <laughs> if because if he's just singing along as it goes yeah it's impressive that would be awesome it's incredible if that's true we should do that we should do that I think I think we just did we just made a song up earlier yeah, we about, did about, about Steve, Steve Martin. Martin's hair yeah so these guys really this record rules but then the def- kind of definitive lineup is on their next album they get a guy named uh, Messiah Marcolin as their singer and this dude i'm gonna even though i'm gonna post two things i'm gonna post the youtube link to this album but then i'm gonna post their music video when they got their new singer who then was the the he sang on the next four albums which is kind of like the golden era of candle mass (laughs) and this dude he he's he's dressed he dresses kind of as a monk so he's got robes on and he's got a rope belt and then he's got a giant crucifix on Huge, way bigger than you would wear, like of a rapper who's going to wear a crucifix. Then he's kind of, he's a little on the fat side, which I really enjoy. 
and he also his hair is so curly that even though he's trying to grow it out like everyone else in the band, it kind of looks like he just has a giant afro. And they made a music video called Bewitched, which I literally couldn't stop watching. Oh, is this what you sent to me the other day? I, yes. I could not stop watching it. I bet I've watched it 20 times in the last week. And the story of this music video, basically, is there's a bunch of rocker dudes in the graveyard. No, it's just a graveyard at first. And there's a, there's a coffin sitting on top of the ground. I guess they hadn't had time to bury the coffin yet. It's just sitting there. And he busts out of the coffin the singer, and he just starts singing at the camera. And then at the choruses, he's pointing at different kind of rock dudes in, around Sweden and singing, you are bewitched, and then they are under his spell. Now, something interesting I noticed in this video is we talked a few weeks ago about Mayhem, the black metal band from Norway, that the singer committed suicide, shot himself in the head, and then they used the picture of his dead body on the yeah, cover. I really, did, I really don't don't like that. That guy's in the in the video. Oh, gross. he's one of the guys that gets bewitched. Well, he's not dead there. Oh, his name's actually dead, so he's dead in that sense. But um, he's not physically dead. Oh, but okay. but but he's he's he really does a great job because towards the end of the video, every all these d- dudes are lined up that he's bewitched, and that and and dead has got his eyes rolling back in his head. He looks very Night of the Living Dead zombie. So he's killing it, man. He's doing a great job. So what this whole purpose of of him bewitching everyone, Messiah, was they do what's called doom dancing. Now, doom dancing is sort of like headbanging while walking and taking great big steps. And this is what he calls it. He on the live album he says, "Are you ready to do some doom dancing, Stockholm?" So this is he's he's coining doom dancing. They coined doom metal. That phrase, you know. So they basically headbang back to the graveyard where Messiah gets back in his coffin. And that's the whole story of the, the music video. It took me a few times watching it before I realized what they were doing, which still doesn't make sense. Gets out of his coffin, bewitches some people so they can headbang back to the graveyard so he can get back in the coffin. Another thing I love about this music video is the guitarist apparently had broken his hand, but they had, they had to film the video. So he's playing all his guitar solos, and one of his hands is in a cast. So that's that. So he's clearly not actually playing, but it's right. But it's not. It's it's just like, oh, what can you do? What do you do? He's gotta, yeah, he's the, yeah, we broke this time. Yeah, well, I broke my hand. We got to film the music video. I'm doing this podcast with my hand currently in a cast. That's true. You, so. It's very similar to that. I'm not, and I'm not really doing the podcast. I know you're you're, you're, you're just pretending. Yeah. So like I said, I I I just really love this album, and I I want to give it an award because I feel like every six or every song was really good, but I just don't think I can do that back-to-back. So this is as close as you can get to a perfect metal record. And my first introduction to doom metal, or I guess epic doom metal. I now have to listen to doom metal. Yeah. I guess Black Sabbath has got to be doom metal. I On Wikipedia, it lists eight different genres of doom metal. <laughs> I have listened to Sun O, uh, close parentheses, close parentheses, close parentheses. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good band. What type of me- doom metal is that? They are Pacific Northwest doom metal. Well, regional stuff's stupid. No, regional's um, outside of the other. There's the eight genres, then plus the regional stuff. What are the eight genres? Do you have that real handy? Um, I do. I want to hear these. So the regional and ones... And these are all under the doom metal subgenre. Yeah, so the regional ones are Finnish, Southern United States, Northeastern United States, and Pacific Northwest. Then the stylistic divisions, traditional, epic, stoner, sludge, funeral, drone, death, and black. 
Huh. And that just seems like we got too much time on our hands. I I I think Stoner Doom is sleep. So I've heard that. Um we had yeah, Kiss Sleep Cathedral Electric Wizard Orange Goblin. Will you listen to Orange Goblin for sure. me? Sure. Thanks. Of course. So sl- so I have the Sleep's album Dope Smoker. So I'm assuming the Dope Smoker probably throws it into the Stoner Doom <laughs> genre. Yeah, that's I'll bet you that the oh, uh, Sun Sun O is drone metal. Drone. So are they drone doom metal or doom? It's probably drone doom. Yeah, I don't know. Because the big genres of metal are black, uh, death, doom. What are the other ones? Thrash? I don't know. Have you ever looked up Primus's genre on Wikipedia? <laughs> no, I've, I will never look up anything Primus ever. That's a vow from me to you. I saw Primus at Lollapalooza 2. That was horrible. It was annoying. It was it was right when uh, what's that stupid pork soda came out? <laughs> Any band who's going to name their record pork soda? Dang! Oh, oh it just says they're a rock band. Oh, there you go. I they're, swear, no, they're, yes. in a, they're in one of your Sam Goody uh, yeah. <laughs> genres. I swear, there was years ago. I looked up Primus, and it said like. You know, with a straight face, as Wikipedia articles are, Primus is a thrash, funk, catfish, rock band. <laughs> something like that. Like, four that, different things. That describes them pretty well. And I think to be a musical genre, there has to be at least one other band that also shares that genre. Hmm. And, it can't, and, and another Les Claypool outfit doesn't count. Right? <laughs> right. So you can't put Les Claypool's Frog Brigade, brigade is also... <laughs> Les Claypool and Fun- Sean Lennon. Yeah. Funk clown. That was, like. dis- that was disappointing. I expected it to still be there. Someone just changed it to rock. Probably a Sam Goody employee. Yeah. They're like, this is too hard. To, I don't to... know what if I'm not going to get the label maker. There's not enough. You, that, that's not even going to fit on the, the, the thing you're sticking the label on. It's going to hang off the end of the plastic card. It's that many things. You got you to gotta keep it down to maybe 15 letters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pick up this record. It rules. Um... Yeah, George Stevens' World War II footage is in the preservation. That's three years' worth of footage Okay. in the uh, film registry. I don't see anything for Vietnam, but also I haven't looked yet. We'll let, we'll let our listeners research this on their own. Sure. Um, letters. Yeah, speaking of listeners. It's mostly just people recommending metal albums. Again, I I'm haven't. Gonna, I'm not going to read them. Okay, I'll I haven't. Re- read them. I, I, I keep forgetting. I haven't <laughs> yeah. read a single email. Um, Alex Bogue writes in, and he says, my friends and I were at a live show of Welcome to the Night Vale. Uh-huh. Uh, most people were dressed in purple, black, and yellow, which are the colors of Night Vale and Desert Bluffs. Now, I've, I'm familiar with this program. I've never listened to it. Have you ever listened to it? Oh, oh, the podcast? Yeah, Welcome to the Night Vale. Uh, why, what is this person talking about? Well, we're, we're getting to that. I okay, purple, you wear purple, yellow, and what? So purple, black, and yellow are the colors. You know, it's like if you went to... Live taping of the Lannister show and wore red and gold. So everyone in the crowd is wearing those colors? Right. I would be the guy that didn't know and show up in white. Well, so Alex says, I was the only one there in green. There you go. (laughs) Me and Alex would have been together. When the few people asked why was I in a different color, I said it was from the only other fictional town I could think of. Oh, I said I I was from the only fictional town I could think of, which was Smogville. (laughs) So he was sort of telling these Night Vale listeners about our show and saying that um, we might pick up some new listeners that believe the official color of Smogville is green. And I think 
Why not? Let's say it well, is green. Well, it's the official color, but that's because it's the only color that's not occurring in Smogville naturally. <laughs> exactly. So there's no you if you come here ironically you will never see green. There's no green fields, there's no real green trees. Most of them are brownish or grayish. Mhm. Very bog-like most of the ground and then dirt, lots of lots of dirt. Yeah. I and mean, we got a picture on our website. Yeah. If you go to World Champion Podcast and click Smogville, we have a nice picture of some of the oh, scenery. Oh, do you know what? The green smoke sometimes comes out of some there's of the, the smokestacks. Yeah, and then those um that mysterious psychic down in the uh, Hall of International Wonders, mm-hmm. he breathes like a green smoke out of a hookah. That's true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, but it's few and far between. Very it's few ma- and far mainly between. Mainly brown. So, so the th- only green you see is in the um, whimsical outfits of the residents. Right. So, it is, so you're, re- you're correct. You were absolutely correct, yeah, Alex. Yeah, color is green. Yeah. Thank you for representing Smogville. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, again, I've never heard Welcome to Night Vale, but I've heard of it. I thought you were telling like me about it. a heavy metal album for a minute. No, no. Do you, you know, heard? Have you ever heard of the podcast? Or? I've never heard of podcasts, to be yeah, honest. I'm not they're... totally sure what they are. Um, Ryan Keane says, "So weird. I just posted that album this week after finding out about Blind Guardians on Monday." So he also was talking about Blind Guardian. Nice. Just as we were last it's week. It's a good record. Um, if epic thematic metal is of interest, Halloween Seven Keys Double LP is the way to go. I've been ha- I've, people have been telling me Halloween. I've been hearing that a little bit. Is there a movie called Halloween also, or am I just just thinking of the Halloween? Band? Well, there's Halloween with with Michael Myers. Is there a holiday called Halloween? Hello, there should be. Or is that also Halloween? It's a holiday where you say hello to everyone. It's Halloween. Hello. It's specifically where you say hello to Ween. To Ween, yeah. Ocean Man. <laughs> one betrayed one Ween betrayed the other, I read like a year ago. That's kind of hard to read. I thought they were on a reunion. Oh, maybe things worked out. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Who cares? So John Furtenbaugh writes in. Um, a few weeks ago on our Facebook, he posted a thing that lets you make your own G.I. Joe file card. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'll be doing that as soon as I get a decent illustration of myself. Um, But he finally writes in, it's been a long overdue that I chimed in on your new podcast, but I've been busy with blah, blah, stupid work stuff. Love the new show. It's got the heart of the old. It's a new tomfoolery that is much appreciated in these dark times of doing the dumb stuff we all got to do. You know, when you say dumb stuff we all got to do, I'm thinking of this show. I'm thinking of getting into a mental institution to get a Pulitzer. (laughs) Right. Uh, hope that you're eating all the dough you can stuff into your mouths as quickly as possible. Otherwise, how else would you make out like a true bandit? A mm-hmm. um, couple comments and suggestions. I'm going to sort of paraphrase these a little bit. But sure, just add your says, own words. Yeah, says, I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know that Brighton has sworn off comics for this foreseeable future, but mm-hmm. I have found a new series that may corrupt me back to the dark side. Me, he says him, but when he says him, he means me. Right, you're paraphrasing. When I say me, I mean me. <laughs> Uh, the series is Badger by Mike Barron. It was published in the mid-80s and early 90s. A Vietnam War vet slash karate master slash mental patient. <laughs> dresses like a superhero, chugs beers and talks to animals, fights redneck racists, demons from hell, and litter bugs. He also lives in a castle with an ancient Welsh weather wizard transported to modern times who sacrifices animals to gain magical energies he uses to become a powerful businessman. Whoa. I don't know if I want to read something that close to my real life. I know. That sounds... Um, sounds too good to be true, but I assure you it is real and not a fever dream I had. Um, it says it's pretty much my dream comic book. 
there was a modern reboot, but stick with the 80s stuff. And he does link us to our Wikipedia page. How so many, I'll check that out. How many issues? Is this an ongoing series for a while? Uh, let's see. And it's not that I've sworn off comics. I didn't ever swear off comics. They just It just happened. I just stopped reading them. Mm-hmm. And I still really need to get back on the horse with Chew and Saga. Hmm. Six Gun. Did Six Gun find the end? Do I need to read that? I don't know. I've kind of been off. I, people have been stealing my comics. Yeah, talk about that. Talk about how. Talk about that. Yeah, don't get things sent to your house and, and buy a big, huge shipment of comics because there's thieves out there stealing boxes off your porch and you'll lose $50 worth of comics that. With your great discount, is probably $80 at the store. I was going to say you should get a GoPro, but probably that would get stolen off your porch, too. I'm going to put a bear trap inside of a cardboard box and have someone take that. And then when Ooh. they put their hand in the box to get more of my comics, a whammy. De- what about a deadly cobra? Or cobra. Yeah. One of the, maybe I'll put two boxes, one with a bear trap, one with a cobra. I like it. And even the score with these, with these Amazon gift thieves. Yeah, and they just write Amazon on there, and then mm-hmm. they open it up. Ah! Mm-hmm. A deadly cobra. Or maybe just a box full of anthrax. There's a lot of stuff I could put. Um, it came out in 1983, and the ongoing ended in 91. <laughs> wow. So this was eight years. That's incredible. Who is Mike Barron? Oh, he did Nexus? I've heard of Nexus. Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right, thanks for that suggestion. That's um, Now so- on to serious business. I'm really loving Blow Your Speakers. Being the gigantic metal nerd I am, I have a few suggestions for some weird, brutal, obscure metal bands for you to check out. Mm -hmm. You being you, I'm pointing at you, you being Sean. Right. Uh, You may already know some of these bands are not, so I'll just go through these real quick. Fistula. Mm -hmm. That sounds gross. That does sound gross. Sludge Metal from Cleveland. Oh, I'm sorry, Sludge Doom Metal from Cleveland. Sludge Doom, okay. So I have an entryway into this. Skeleton Witch, which is thrash metal that's also black metal. Okay, cool. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, the Ocean, which is a collective of death post-metal from Berlin. Okay. Um, baby Metal. See, these words are starting to make sense. When I started this journey, I just thought heavy, there was heavy metal and basically thrash, and then, every, and then black. I'd heard black metal. So now he's getting into stuff that, that sounds a little more appealing to me. Baby Metal mm-hmm. is super technical metal mixed with Japanese pop idol music. So it's very catchy and heavy. It's dudes dressed up in crazy corpse paint and then Japanese girls doing choreographed dance routines. Oh, is that just the band Baby Metal? The band is called Baby Metal. Oh, yeah, I know them. And then Rainbow Dragon Eyes is black metal chiptune. And I do really like chiptune music. What does chiptune mean? That's like Nintendo music. Black metal chiptune? Yeah. That's a good name for a band. Have you seen chiptune? These these guys... uh... Well, I have... uh, Are you talking... I know I'm I'm think- so what is the genre where like the advantage where it's a band playing Nintendo songs? Oh, I don't know what that's That's called. like reverse. Yeah. So you're thinking of like Anamanaguchi or whatever? Yeah, where they like will hack a Game Boy. Uh-huh. And then kind of hook it up to a keyboard and they'll pl- they're playing those those sounds. There was some kind of music project where where in I think in that genre, that kind of comp- Nintendo music genre, they asked I think a hundred people to all record the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Yeah, it's called. I think it's just called the Axel Project, and it was amazing. Yeah, I loved that so much. Yeah, I'm really into that stuff. I'd like to learn how to make it, but that's one of those things that I say I'd like to do, and then Mm -hmm. um, tomorrow I'll spend six hours in bed reading Reddit. Right, just just like you want to be an astronaut and those other things, and just like Mr. Olympia. Not even that. Just like how I want to clean out my storage room. How I want to learn how to make chocolate chip pancakes. Mm-hmm. Play the harp, that kind of Play stuff. Play the harp. Well, the, when I, you say the harp, you mean the harmonica, right? 
Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I want to be called Harpsichord Fats. Mm-hmm. That sounds that sounds like a real name. I found I didn't find out about this band. I just this weekend remembered this band that I meant to look up called Hatebeak. And Hatebeak is a metal band that the lead singer is a parrot. So it's it's a bird screaming. An actual parrot and, and or a, is it a guy in a parrot suit? No, it's suit. actually a parrot. And and if that's not mind-blowing enough, I knew this existed. I I'd, I'd heard of this band. And if that's not mind-blowing enough, I found out that they perform live. The parrot performs live in a club. The band's set up playing metal, and the parrot is singing. It says here that they don't tour. Who? Hatebeak. So well, maybe they just will play in their town. Well, even that's incredible. They don't tour. Um, it's the only band with an avian vocalist. Oh, it is? Yeah. That's surprising to me. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Don't worry, I got the album. <laughs> Sweet. Um, that's it. All right. And again, someone, I was looking through our Facebook, someone posted saying, is there any way you can get the podcast listed on blah, blah, blah? Will you please write us in and let us know again what that is? Some kind of Android. Because I can't find the post and I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. So worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Keep the metal suggestions coming. What else? Any Just suggestion. Anything. Write us in. We love getting mail. Yeah, and then it's, it gets lonely in this Ferris wheel. The Smogville Fair on Twitter, World Champion Podcast on Facebook, World Champion Pod on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's Only it. seventeen more weeks of the World Champion Horse Show, too. So go. Yeah, to that. I forgot. Don't forget that. And then uh, look for new episodes every hour on the hour mm-hmm. until we get to two hundred. That's right. Ice All cream right. party. All right. See you soon. Bye. said bye like we were talking on the phone. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> that too. Well, he said bye and I nodded like, yes, <laughs> farewell. Farewell, sir. <laughs>